Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 67. This can be really tough. So it might sound like it's easy, <laughs> but it's not easy. It's not easy to figure out what your kid needs or wants. And also it's not easy as a parent, especially if you're also a parent with ADHD or any other neurodivergent <laughs> diagnoses to try to like meet needs all the time. Mm-hmm. And we're not gonna do it perfectly. We're not. And there's just some days where it's like, I'm too tired. I know I need to get them out and do stuff, but I'm tired. And so they can destroy the house, Um, you know? And so it's like, it's not going to be perfect. We're not asking for a hundred percent. It's really just about being just more aware of what's going on. And sometimes if we are just more aware of ourselves and what we need, we can, it can make it easier for us to understand what our kids need. Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you are going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. I am Yakini. How does movement as a whole help the symptoms for ADHD? Like exercising, as I talk about in a different video, you may have heard that almost all type of movement can really help ADHD symptoms. So today I am going to be digging into that topic with my guest, Anna. But before we get into that, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you'd be notified of future videos. Hey, Autumn, what's up? Hey, Yakini. How are you doing? Hi, I'm all right. It's a little bit of a dreary day. It's raining outside and it just makes me want to like lay in my bed, but I'm doing great. Cool. Dreary. (laughs) Actually, ours is not too bad. We fast. she had some pretty, oh, wait a minute. It snowed a little bit this morning. I'll take that back. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. I just, I live in Austin. So it's like, what is snow? Oh, that's true. That is true. (laughs) That is too funny. So tell the audience a little bit about you. Yeah. Well, my name is Anna. I live in Austin, Texas. Uh, I am a psychiatric physician assistant. Um, So I work with adults in a nonprofit agency. I work in all settings. So like I work in outpatient settings with people who have HIV, AIDS, and in the mental health realm. I work in residential. I work with a correctional facility. I work for an intensive outpatient, a lot of like co-occurring substance use and uh, mental health issues. So I do a little bit of everything. And I have two little boys who are almost two and almost four. So they take Mm -hmm. up a lot of my time. And um, what else do I do? Not very much after that. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um, Yeah. And then I have a a degree in uh, counseling too. So I'm working towards getting my license so I can start doing some more therapy stuff. Oh, that is awesome. So you are also diagnosed with ADHD. Is that correct? Yes, I am. And what type? So I am basically combined type. So a little bit of everything. I've got it. (laughs) A little bit, a lot of it, you know, and I was diagnosed a little over a year ago. So when I was 33, oh, okay. um, I was diagnosed with 
ADHD and I came about it in a weird way. I was really looking for my now ex-husband. I was looking for him because someone had mentioned, does he have ADHD? Because he just seemed to have a lot of this like more inattentive symptoms of mm-hmm. it. And while I was going down a rabbit hole, as you do when you have ADHD, I was like, oh my God, this sounds like me. So I kind of figured it out by trying to like diagnose somebody else, basically. That is too funny. That is too <laughs> funny. <laughs> So let's jump into the topic of movement because I've heard or I've seen some of your content about movement. So I really want to talk about, you know, why is it important for people with ADHD to move? I mean, how does that connect? Yeah. So I would say like a lot of people with ADHD have that like impulsivity or hyperactivity part. And whether that's just like more brain-based, your, your brain's kind of like what I call a hamster wheel and you're mm-hmm. just, your brain just keeps moving or you are more of like a hard to relax. Like you always feel like you're about to get up and do something. You like sit on the edge of your chair. You can't really sit and watch a TV show without getting up five times to do something else. Me, <laughs> um, you know, that kind of is like a, you know, your body is telling you something. So I Mm -hmm. tell people we have like a body mind connection, you know, they work together. Our brain is not separate from our body. These things work in tandem. And so a lot of time it's really about checking in with our body. What's our body telling us to do. And with ADHD, a lot of times our body is telling us we need to move. Something is off or we need to like transition into something else, you know? And so it's really about trying to pay attention more to your body. And when we actually do that, that can actually help expel some of that anxiety that we have, some of that rumination that we get in our brains where we're just going over and over, you know, like it can help us feel a bit more grounded or present when we're actually paying attention and moving our bodies in a way that, you know, that we enjoy and that our body needs. So I think it is important for people with ADHD. I think it's important for everyone, but especially with ADHD, where we do have a lot of that mental or physical activity, it really just helps us to like, you know, be a little bit less frustrated about how our brains work and a little bit more in tune with it and actually work with it instead of against it. I like that. So for, you know, our audiences, um, mostly parents. So I think what the first thing that I think about is my child, who's also one of them, who's diagnosed with a hyperactivity impulsive type, who also needs to move quite a bit. So what type of movement would you recommend for children who just need to take that break and just get up for a moment? Yeah, yeah. You know, it really depends on the kid. And I'll get into that a little bit, you know, um, but like it depends on the kid. And one thing I want to say is that we have seven different senses, especially if you're thinking about a kid. We have seven different senses. Some people can say more than that, but let's just go with seven so we don't complicate it too more, much more. We know all of the five senses. And then the other two that some people don't know about is like proprioceptive, mm-hmm. which is really about body awareness. That's about like our nerves in our joints and stuff kind of tell us where our body is in space. So there's the proprioceptive sense in, and then there's the vestibular, which is part of our ears. And it tells us about balance and movement. And so it's really about paying attention to your kids. So for instance, my kid who's almost four, I'm pretty sure at some point he's going to have an ADHD diagnosis just from some things I've noticed over the years, even before he was born, just moving, 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 never mm-hmm. stops talking, moving, whatever. Like he's always precariously balancing off of the couch, off of the chair, standing on the table. And, you know, like you can look at that and go, stop doing that. But if you actually pay attention, you'll realize his body is telling him to do something. Right. 
maybe we need to do it in a safer way. But his <laughs> right. body is saying, I need a balance. I need to like jump into a pile of laundry on the couch. I need to run into something, you know, like I need to wrestle with my brother, you know? So when I pay attention to that, it's like, okay, so there are things that I notice he needs a lot of. So he is one of what we call like a sensory seeker. Hmm. He needs a lot of sensory input to like feel grounded, you know, to actually relax, you know, stop bothering me. (laughs) So for him, you know, I think about, you know, he is really in his vestibular and proprioceptive stuff is like huge. And so we do on the weekends, it's riding his bike, riding his scooter. He likes to go on the swing, live close to a park, we just go across the street, gets on the swing. Um, so we do a lot of that. And that seems to help like ground him. He also really likes bright colors. And so like the TV shows that he watches, are going to be like very vivid and they really catch his attention. Um, he's also very touchy. He's got to touch everything. Ooh, what's that? What's that? What's that? So a lot of water play, like him and his brother will like play in the sink and mess up the whole place. Um, or, you know, they love, you know, bath time as like extra special or something. So it's a lot of like trying to get some sensory stuff in. So that might even be like, we go on a hike and it's not necessarily about like going far, but it's about him being able to touch things to see what's going on and his visual perception, you know, to jump, to do whatever. And so it really just depends on your kid noticing what they need. Like my other kid, he is, does not like swinging, doesn't like it. He loves a stroller. So he can sit in a stroller all day and you can push him around and he's chill. He's relaxed. So it's, you kind of kind of want to just sense what their needs are, what's helped them feel, feels grounded. Um, And I notice when we actually do these things, there's less big emotions during the day, you know, when we actually do things that help their bodies feel calmer, like release some of that, you know, energy that's rolling around in their bodies. I think that is absolutely fascinating. And my son, I also realized that he had to constantly move. Right. So even when he is sitting down playing like a game, like a video game, he still has to like, he still moves all over. He'll get up and walk around. I mean, he still is constantly in motion. So mm-hmm. sometimes I will wrestle with him. Sometimes, like you said, we'll go out and take walks. Um, sometimes we'll just, you know, have a moment where we'll jump up and down. Sometimes we'll do um, just dance. We love that. Just dance, uh-huh. you know, yeah. so just constantly, oh, even in the classroom, so one thing they allow him to do is get up, take a moment, and then just um, pretty much, you know, do a circle and then mm-hmm. allow him to come back. Um, he also, he, even though he doesn't use it this year, but from kindergarten to fourth grade, he would have a pillow. So then that way he could just, you know, rock in his chair and would fall out okay. of his chair. So there are yeah. just to your point, there's so many different ways to allow them to move if people let them, right. If they don't see it as a disruption. And do you hear a lot about that where their parents want them to be able to move, but sometimes they get pushback because they feel like it's a disruption. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. For sure. That's, you know, big thing I've had to like advocate for my kid in class sometimes Mm -hmm. because he won't sit still, he won't take a nap. He won't. And I'm like, well, you know, if he's really engaged, there's a lot of sensory stuff going on. He'd probably nap for you. If it's kind of like a lull that day, he didn't really get to go outside because it's raining or yeah. something, he might not nap. So I might get a really, gr- like, you know, really, you know, 
irritable kid this afternoon. Who knows? Um, and just so I just kind of have to tell him like he has to move. He has to have a lot of sensory input. That's the way he works. He doesn't sit still for for anything. And, you know, they tell me like gets up and like is talking to people during lunchtime. I'm like, yeah, he just doesn't sit. But like things like a pillow or like a wiggle seat or something can help those kinds of things. Or yeah. some kids have to wear those like weighted vests. And yeah. he sleep for nap time. He has a weighted blanket for bedtime. He has a weighted blanket. Um, you know, so it's kind of really just paying attention to the, what they need and a leaning into and allowing the movement instead of trying to like shut it off. You know, maybe we need to veer it into something that's less dangerous sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on the kid and what they're doing. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's like, let them do it because when we're actually telling them not to do it, we're telling them there's something wrong for you know, the way that their body needs to move. Yeah. And also we're, we're just squashing that energy and it's going to come out in another way. So you might notice a tantrum or they might not sleep as well or whatever it is. They're just more resistant to doing things because you didn't allow them to move the way that they needed to move their body. Mm. I remember when we first started his um, IEP in the beginning, they were allowing him. So if he did not want to go outside and play, they allowed him to stay indoors. And Mm -hmm. the reason why he didn't want to go outside and play was just because he had social anxiety. So he just didn't know how to go up to other kids and play. So he would just rather avoid it, you know, altogether. But he also had, (laughs) you know, his diagnosis and he needed to go outside and play and get that energy out. So to Mm -hmm. your point, I also had to advocate and say, no, you cannot let him stay inside. Instead, why don't you help him introduce, you know, have the monitor take him and introduce him to another kid and have him play with them or whatever it may be. Why don't you answer the issue versus just saying, nope, okay, fine. You don't have to go outside and play. Mm -hmm. Like, no, he needs the movement. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that is hard. It's hard when you have something else on top of it. And it's like, you know, you need this thing, but then you also have social anxiety. Right. And so it's like, it's a balance, but yeah, like sometimes as parents or caregivers, we have to advocate and be like, nope, it's like, I know it's going to be uncomfortable, but I also know that he needs it or she needs it. You know, it makes all the difference in the world when they can actually just be who they are (laughs) in their bodies, especially at this age, like don't want him to grow up with a bunch of like aches and pains and, you know, like feeling like they can't advocate for for themselves in school or work or relationships because, you know, we didn't do it for them when they were younger. Absolutely. So for those kids, so like my, my daughter is really into sports. She, you know, she plays basketball, soccer. And so actually my son does too, but when it comes to just being at home, she really doesn't want to move. <laughs> she doesn't want to do anything unless she's with her friends. Now she's the opposite. She's an absolutely social butterfly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she'll say, can I go walk with my friend? And I say, yeah, you can go walk with them. But if she doesn't have a friend to walk with or, you know, someone to connect with, she doesn't want to move. She just wants to sit there. So how yeah. can parents really help encourage their kids to move and not really have a reason for it. Like, you know, like I said, she has to connect with someone and walk with them. Mm -hmm. How can parents encourage their kids to get up and move? Yeah. Well, I think always we have to start with being the example, right? And so for some of us that can be hard, like 
sometimes I don't want to do anything. But I also know that movement and like doing things helps me to feel better, mm-hmm. you know? And so we can even express that like, oh man, I really just want to sit here with you guys. I really don't want to get up and pack your lunches. I don't really don't want to get up and do these things. But I also know that I feel better when I start moving during the day. It actually helps me wake up. It actually helps me feel like a little bit happier and like a little bit more excited for my day. And so expressing that and also like being an example, you know, even when it's hard to do, you know, ADHD or not is going to be probably a really big starting point. Mm -hmm. Another point is to just think about like, what do they like to do? What do they want to explore and trying to figure out how to help get them reminders to move their body. Maybe it's alarms. Maybe it's, Mm -hmm a little bit of a schedule, nothing too strict, but still kind of have like a routine and a schedule around their days. Like, okay, like it's four o'clock. That means that, you know, we spend some 10 minutes stretching or like sewing or doing your yarn project or something, you know? Um, So kind of like helping encourage them towards movement. You know, I always think that adds something that they enjoy. And it could be like movement doesn't have to be something like big and like, theatrical it could be like baking it could be painting it could be you know whatever it's really about engaging your body in whatever activity that you're doing so and if she's social like sometimes that's that's the key you know I I do better too when I get together with a friend like I'm very much like I call myself an extroverted introvert very social but also like leave me alone I don't want to be don't talk to me So, but I know that I'm like more capable of getting stuff done when I'm with others or like, I feel better when I'm with others, you know? So, you know, that might be for me, it's like Zoom meetings to get stuff done or like go, like meeting up with friends to co-work or whatever, like, or just hang out, right. walk around, take a, take a small walk or something. And so it's really about leaning into what they like what they want to explore. You sit down with them and say, Hey, like, what are some kind of activities that you've been wanting to do? Maybe while you're like at home, we can try to figure we can start, you know, exploring some of these things that you've been wanting to do. And that might be helpful for the kids who are just, you know, resistant. I don't really like that word because usually like there's something behind it. It's not just them, but like rebelling, but yeah, I think that can be very helpful for kids. It's really just like making sure that they are involved with whatever, you know, like making sure they understand that like movement is good for them. But also on the opposite side, it's like rest is important too, especially for someone who's super active all the time. Maybe she needs it or like another kid, like maybe they need the rest, but it's, you know, like, let's really listen to our body. Like what's our body's telling us? Cause sometimes, Ooh, that was a big thunder there. It was. <laughs> sometimes like our body's saying like, I really just need a moment to rest, you know? And that could be what your kid is kid is doing when they're sitting, especially if they're super active physically. And sometimes they'll notice like their brain is saying like, probably should get up and do something or shift activities. And they don't do it because it's hard to transition or it feels too hard. And so it's really about, you know, engaging with them. It's like, what's your body telling you? Like, what, what makes it hard to switch? Or do you really feel like rest is what you really need right now in this moment? You know, like really trying to work with them like in what their body's telling them in the moment. Okay. I like that. And is it something that we should encourage them to do on a daily basis? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think it's really, we don't want to like make it so rigid. It's like, you need to always 
be doing something again, like being productive, whether that's even like hobby wise, you know, but yeah, we definitely need to try to like incorporate movement into our daily practice, especially for those with ADHD. And I think you just, you know, it's different day to day. So again, it's really about tuning into what your kid needs, what their body needs in that moment and really just going with it. Maybe it's a little bit more cuddles, more, a little bit more screen time, a little bit more water, you know, maybe it's a little bit more like riding bikes or even getting in the car and driving around or something. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, that's some of the vestibular stuff. My kids love being in the car and driving around that helps them too. So like whatever it is that they need for the day can be very helpful. Like just getting that sensory input. Okay. Perfect. So is there anything that we missed any final thoughts for the parents? Um, this can be really tough. So it might sound like it's easy, (laughs) but it's not easy. It's not easy to figure out what your kid needs or wants. And also it's not easy as a parent, especially if you're also a parent with ADHD or any other neurodivergent diagnoses to try to like meet needs all the time. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to do it perfectly. We're not. And there's just some days where it's like, I'm too tired. I know I need to get them out and do stuff, but I'm tired. And so they can destroy the house. Um, you know, and so it's like, it's not going to be perfect. We're not asking for a hundred percent. It's really just about being just more aware of what's going on. And sometimes if we are just more aware of ourselves and what we need, we can, it can make it easier for us to understand what our kids need. So just be really aware of that. And so it could be even like, yep, I know I need to like get up. It would be better if I get up, do something with the kids, but I just really can't today. Like being aware of that, like you need the rest and you're okay with the mess if if that's what happens. So really it just takes some time, you know, look into some resources. There's so many resources out there for that. Don't get overwhelmed by resources though. Like choose one or two and just don't overdo it if you can. Like it will stress you out more (laughs) if you do overdo it. But like over time, you'll figure it out. It's not going to be perfect. As long as you're just trying to work with your kid, you're really trying to understand them. Um, that's the best that we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So speaking of resources, is there anything that you can recommend? Anything that they can check out or look up? Yeah. So one of the ones I first got into when I was really learning more about like sensory needs and stuff was um, your kids table it's a, it's a website. She also has an Instagram page. Um, I think her name is Alyssa Grogan. She's an um, occupational therapist. And so she does a lot of like sensory stuff and then um, picky eating stuff too. And she's great. And she has a lot of resources. She has books, resources. She has activity resources for all sensory needs, for the sensory seeking, for the sensory avoidant kids. Like she has a million different things. She has courses that you can like buy and go over. And it doesn't feel too overwhelming too. Like she does have a lot of like, um, like she, she promotes a lot of things that you can buy like sensory stuff. And that can be a little bit much. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, what should I buy? Like, you know, try if that's too much for you, like don't lean into all that stuff too much, but still there, she still, still has a lot of good resources on there to kind of help you um, navigate how to help your sensory kid or your picky eating kid or your both in my case. <laughs> I like uh, on Instagram, there's movement matters and I don't know her name, but she's really into, I can't, I think she's an OT again or PT. I don't know. Physical therapist or occupational 
she's really into play, really thinks about like neurodivergent issues. And again, she really focuses on like, let's not just look at behavior and try to treat that. Let's see what be, what the behavior is really pointing to. Like what's really underneath it? What's, what's mm-hmm. it signaling? But she has some like good videos on that and just like ADHD issues and other stuff. Um, I like busy toddler on Instagram because she has a lot of activities for your kids, but they're also like affordable. A lot of times it's just like stuff you have around your house, like get your kid in the bathtub and throw some Legos in there. Like seriously, like things that you probably never thought about, but it's like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, that's easy. I can do that. (laughs) And for people like me who like get overwhelmed by like trying to put activities together for my kid and just get frustrated and sweaty. And like they play for it two for two minutes and then they're done. And he like just don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. Like she's great because it's like stuff that they actually will like do. And even if they're not interested, like you didn't waste your time putting it together, you know, <laughs> I really hate that. I truly hate spending my time on stuff that my kids aren't going to touch or like play with for two seconds. Like makes me so mad. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, like my like my older one is like he's not really into art. Like he'll do it for like two seconds, getting all the stuff to paint and all. No, 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 no. We're not. We don't bring that stuff out very often because it just drives me nuts. And then it's I have to clean it up. And he like leaves things uncapped and everywhere. It's just too much. I can't do it. So like, yeah, I like her because it is. I feel like she has a lot of doable things that aren't gonna like piss you off. Um, <laughs> And I really, I'm really into like somatic things. So like anything bodily focused. And I've been into this one lady who's a somatic coach on YouTube. Her name is Irene Lyon. Hmm. And she's probably more like geared towards adults. She does have some stuff on kids though, like, and also how to like relate to this to kid issues, but it's really good because it's like, you know, we need to pay attention to what's happening in the body now so that we're not like later in life, like repercussions of you know, ignoring things or whatever. And so she has some really good videos and resources. She has a website that's, I think, linked to her YouTube page. But yeah, like there's a lot of different resources really. But yeah, you know, like I said, just try one thing, you know, read on it just a little bit at a time. Like don't overwhelm yourself. Like don't freak out and feel like you have to do everything that they're saying and do all the activities and all that stuff. Like it'll just, it'll overwhelm, especially, I know, I know these ADHD parents out there who have like ADHD kids and they're like, okay, let's, let's revamp our whole lives. Let's get this figured out. And it's like, don't do that. You know, just, just go with the flow. It'll come together eventually. (laughs) Take your time (laughs) and don't overwhelm yourself (laughs) with all this information. You know, it's good to have it, but also like just, you know, bites, little bites at a time. You know, that's so funny because I do remember being that person, right? So as soon as I found out my kids definitely had ADHD, even though, you know, my son was diagnosed at five, my daughter wasn't diagnosed till 11, but I'd already knew. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to do all of these things for them. I'm going to buy all of this stuff and I'm going to, you know, have all of these activities at home, please. I think it was like, okay, I'll say about two, three years later, I'm like, they'll just do whatever they do. Like, I'm just, yeah. you know, I'll just put things in a box and they'll just go out and get whatever they want. Right. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I know. Like for, especially during the pandemic, I was like trying to be one of those moms who like all the activities and everything. And then I was like, whatever, you just go to the bathroom, take a pot, fill it with water, do whatever you want. 
sometimes you just got to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll even out. So it even will. if you feel like you're getting, you're too into it in the moment, like it'll even out and you'll be like, forget it. Like do whatever you want. Like, I don't need to like be, you know, overdoing it. Sometimes exactly. we have to overdo it to kind of figure out like what's going to be the new normal, I guess. So right. either way, you'll be fine. That's too funny. So Anna, if they have any more questions for you, how can they get a hold of you? Yes. So you can get to me on my Instagram page, which is ADHD in ATX. Um, ATX stands for Austin, Texas. And um, you can also email me at ADHD and ATX at gmail.com. I have a link tree on my Instagram. So I have resources on there. I think I have some of these resources on there already um, that we talked about. But yeah, you can always like direct message me on Instagram too. I'm on Twitter. I have like three followers right now. I'm terrible at social media. Okay. Like I just can't do it. I can't get into it. So I don't really care if I don't have followers, but you can always follow me or tweet at me or DM me on anything or email me and I will get back to you when I can, um, usually pretty quickly. So yeah, just contact me through any of those things. Um, I'll probably have a website at some point. I'm working on stuff, but it's slowly coming together. Very cool. Well, Anna, thank you so much. That was, you had me crack it up. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll have to talk about another topic. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. That concludes another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye, Anna. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.